Oh, that's right. Playing with Balls Podcast. We got sports and comedy for that ass. You about to go downtown, bitch, on the only podcast that sports platinum and brunette chicks. That's right. Playing with Balls Podcast, you dig? Welcome to the Playing with Balls Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Lee. And today, I'm actually uh, coming at you from West Hollywood, not Santa Monica, because I am in my guest's apartment <laughs> in I'm recording in her apartment. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yes, Jacqueline Marfuji. I said your last name. I you are my friend and so it's embarrassing if I said your last name wrong, but it's not it's Marfuji. Yeah, you killed it. Good. Good job. Good. Because I've always I I know it's Marfuji, but then I get weird and I'm like is it Marfuji? But it's <laughs> Fuji. Does anybody ever say Fuji? No, I think you're the first one to say Fuji. I just made that up. Yeah, then, basically. <laughs> I, I I've gotten like like people be mean to me and call me like Marfugly, <gasps> or <laughs> like, <laughs> like not like in high school or something or like yeah, just like mean boys teasing me probably or uh, Marfuggy, um, Marfuji. Yeah, Mar Marfuggy was one. Yeah. Like ghee, that's like, not, like ghee butter. Maybe is that a thing? Like what? What is it? <laughs> Isn't ghee butter like what's in like the bulletproof coffee? Oh, I don't, know. I don't even know. Yeah, I've heard. It. I know. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, I feel like it's good for us, and we're supposed to be ingesting it. I don't, uh, know. I don't know. I feel like bulletproof coffee is like a cult, and I don't want to be a part of it because I've heard weird things. <laughs> I've heard weird things, and it's. I think it's like ten dollars a cup. And it's culty. Uh, yeah, it's culty. And it's also a lot of fat. It's like it's like CrossFit for coffee drinkers, basically. People become obsessed and they're like, are you like a bulletproof person? And then it's all of a sudden like this. I don't need to be a part of it. I'm not that big of a joiner, so I don't like want to be. I'm not about that life. No, me neither. And also, I don't drink coffee, so that's another thing. Oh, so yeah, you really wouldn't be about it. No, no. I remember when I came here, though, and I was like, oh, I'm tired today. I think that's like my ongoing reason for being tired. I don't drink caffeine. Why don't you drink caffeine? Well, because I used well, I used to drink coffee. It's actually really sad. I used to drink coffee, and I ha I'm not a morning person, so I would like rely on it, and yeah. I would drink two cups a day. But then, um, I got this like weird digestive problem and all this like acid reflux, and now anytime I drink coffee, I just get acid reflux. Oh no! Yeah, I know. So I just like can't drink it. It's just like not. You thing. know what I've been obsessed with? I don't know if your listeners have Alfred T's by them where they live. Uh, I've never even heard of Alfred T's. Alfred T. So they have all these like pop-up stores and there's one in Brentwood right behind where I teach class. Mm -hmm. And I never was a boba person. I never was a matcha person. And I went with a friend after class one day and she got me hooked. It's this matcha milk tea with a coconut milk and boba beans in it. And I Ooh. I literally crave it the second I get in the car to drive to Brentwood. I'm like, I need one. Oh, my God. And it's so and it's uh, does it have like a fair amount of caffeine in it? I, I asked because I was like, do I need like a shot of espresso in this or something? <laughs> and they were like, uh, this is the equivalent of two shots of espresso. So, wow. And I was like, I must be immune to caffeine. Oh, my God. No, but that would be great for me because it's not actual. It's not like actual caffeine that I can't handle. It's the it's like just coffee. It's oh, no, girl, or something. you need this in your life. So wait, what's it called again? OK, so you go to Alfred T and there's two different ones. Alfred there's Alfred tea. Coffee and Alfred Tea Rooms. Alfred Coffee and Alfred Tea Rooms. So you got to find the Alfred Tea. The only ones I know are the, there's one in Brentwood okay. on like Montana. And sorry, guys, this is so boring. Actually, bitches, <laughs> like, Google it. God, <laughs> I know I'm like getting tea advice. <laughs> 
whatever we're like we don't like cults and i'm like so alfred t yeah Um, (laughs) and i'm like where can i get some i'm gonna get some on the way home well i live in santa monica so i'm not that far i feel like they have one in santa monica and i live yeah and i don't live that far from montana so girl yeah yeah um i i and i know that montana like brentwood and montana is close because i used to date a guy that lived right there and that's only like probably like less than 10 minutes from my house oh yeah so here i was missing out on this opportunity to get alfred t oh don't worry you weren't they, they were new they're oh new okay there. so if this wasn't within the past six months don't beat yourself up over okay. it <laughs> it's okay okay good good to know <laughs> so anyway so we actually did your podcast so you are from jersey yes i am and that was not a jersey accent at all <laughs> no, like, no. yes i am <laughs> i'm from jersey well that's okay you like new orleans and so it's kind of like southern yes. right I know. Actually, we were talking about this before we got on the podcast. You're from Jersey, but you have an obsession with New Orleans, I you do. and your boyfriend. Yeah. And I, I've actually been in New Orleans twice this year. This oh twice. Yeah. So, so what is it? Just you? Is it just like that? You like it as a destination point to visit, or do you have like some sort of a, a tie to it somehow? So the first time I visited New Orleans, I think it was 2006, mm-hmm. and it was after Hurricane. Katrina, yeah. I can't talk right now. Katrina. Um, Katrina. Uh, and my Aunt Claire, who I like to call Fave, who is also a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she's your fave. I know. So now is, you have more than one fave. I know. Look at you. <laughs> so, so we were talking on my podcast, which is called What's Your Jersey, about how I'm a New York Giants fan. And she's, but we like our rivalry. It's yeah. Okay, it's friendly. Um, anyway, she was organizing this trip. She worked for Credit Suisse in New York City, which is like financial banking. Yeah. Whatever. And they started doing Habitat for Humanity down in New Orleans. Okay. And so she invited me to the trip. And um, I went down with, there was maybe like 50 of us and it was great. We built two houses and we started working with a school. Oh, that's amazing. And for year after year, I would go there every year with them. And we worked with the same school every year. So it was really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. To like see the evolution and like it's completely changed since we've been there. And and also, like, I'm like, oh, I could tie back a house. Like, I've, like, built a roof. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a lot that goes into it. And it also, I just fell in love with the city. I Yeah. I love, I love to party. Um, <laughs> I love that That's a aspect. great, that's a great place to go for that. Yes. New I Orleans. love food. I love, like, the Cajun style. I love mm-hmm. Creole, jambalaya. Just. Yeah. Oh, I love all of it. I, I love the culture. I love the music. We would always go in May. So it was, like, the tail end of jazz Fest. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was just there in May actually. Oh, that's you a, were. That's a great time to go. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't go any time after that because then it just gets too hot. Oh yeah. It's yeah. really it. That's one thing. Yeah. It's, it gets like super hot there. But I was in a wedding there, so, th- so that's why I was there a couple times this year because my best friend got married there. <gasps> okay. Tell me everything because. Not that the main squeeze and I are engaged or whatever, but he's mentioned wanting to possibly maybe get married there. I don't know with me or with someone I, else. I mean, <laughs> I don't know with who. Well, I would um, hope it's with you. I mean, it's definitely with you. And I, I mean, he didn't tell me that because I don't know him. But like, what do you know? I, I <laughs> well, we've been talking about your future wedding, um, even though we've only met once. Yeah. But no, um, I so. If you did end up getting, you know, if the stars align and you married him or someone else, or someone else, whatever, whatever there, <laughs> no, would I would hook you up with my friend Bridget, because not only did she get married there and did she do such a great job of planning a wedding there, yeah. but she also owns a bridal shop um, that she just started last year. That's like 
amazing. She's actually in New York at uh, at Bridal Fashion Week. Oh my or god, whatever. that's so cool. Yeah, and also I'm like, if I like when I get married again, I like I, I like told her I was like, well, I don't even know if I'd like wear white. She's like, it doesn't matter. You like have to like you now. I now own everybody that you know <gasps> and your friends and you for. But she's got like amazing like designers, and she like comes to your house and like. Or you can, like, go to her shop or whatever. But she's got, like, an amazing shop. So she knows a lot about wedding planning is my point. So was she – okay, so I was just in a wedding who – she was a – she's a wedding photographer. Uh So I feel like the stakes were so high. Like, the bar was raised so high because, like – they're working in the wedding industry, so they kind of want everything to be perfect, even though they've done this a million times. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of pressure. It is. Was her wedding just, like – out of this world or was she more chill about it you know um I I mean she had her moments in the planning process but I I feel like it's I also feel like it's really hard to plan a wedding that is some because I know I did this I got married in Philadelphia but I lived in California she got married in New Orleans and she lived here so in LA so it's really hard to plan a wedding you know that's in somewhere else and they did it in less than a year so I don't know how the fuck she did it to be honest with you but the whole thing was like executed like perfectly it had like the it had like the flair of New Orleans like kind of thread throughout it and he's from like southern he's from Florida he's from like the Keys she's from Baltimore so but she grew up she was born in New Orleans so So that's what the okay yeah and then you know what the coolest part of the wedding was though we were um, after the reception we were in the second line so she had a second line where we you know went through the streets that is so cool yeah and I feel like if you have a wedding in New Orleans like now like that I know about this like you can't you can't have one without doing a second line okay. where your whole wedding party is just like dances down the street and then you're in the front with your husband and then there's the jazz band. I mean, that's such a dream. I know. I think it's really expensive though, but whatever. It's like when it's weddings, like well, one of my favorite things about New Orleans also, I love like ghost stuff <gasps> and we did a ghost things. tour. Yeah, <laughs> we were, we did one through a cemetery and like they told us so much about it that once we got back into like, just you know you know bourbon street all that whole yeah. area we were just like trailing the ghost tours because we were like <laughs> we kind of know everything yeah yeah well you know what there's a lot of ghost tours in new orleans yeah. too and we d- i did one so i went there also earlier this year i was i think i was telling you i was there twice this year so i went there in march uh to help her i think it was march yeah to help her do some planning and so while we were there we did it we did a ghost tour and we went down like pirates alley or something like oh i wanted uh, to do that one that one's cool because it was like this really like like really like sketchy like criminal alley where like they would sell stuff and there would be people like I don't know, getting into fights all the time and stuff. And it was yes. like, I think that's what it's called, right? Yeah, Something like so. that. Yeah. And there's like um, all these and and all, there's like all these stories with the buildings because of like all of the criminal activity that took place there. People would like kill each other in the streets oh, and like God. loot each other or something. I don't know. We also did something cool. We became obsessed with the TV show um, Somebody Feed Phil. Phil Rosenthal it's on Netflix oh and he did a whole episode on New Orleans so since we had both been there a lot what we did we went to all the different spots that were kind of like off the beaten path that he went to (gasps) that's so cool So we like got to do like a restaurant tour and kind of like 
just see different areas of the city. I definitely recommend doing that. And you don't have to watch like somebody feeds Phil. Like if there's any cooking travel show that you love, mm -hmm. go to that city and do the tour That's yourself. A, that is such a great idea. Yeah. I mean, honest, honestly, like Bridget, my friend was my personal tour guide because she literally knows everything about New Orleans and like everywhere we went to preservation hall and saw like the jazz band yeah. then when we were at preservation hall she asked one of like which is like one of the oldest and most like iconic like jazz places i guess and then she asked the guy to play at her wedding and then he did and then she had her after party at <sighs> preservation why hall. wasn't i invited to this wedding i know it's so amazing <laughs> but I'm, Sounds I'm, awesome. I'm i'm telling you since you love new orleans so much i'm hitting her up you have to <laughs> and also you'd uh, you'd have to get your your or at least look at her dress collection oh, because yes. yeah she's uh that's she it's called en blanc and she's like really killing it right now so oh, yes. yeah yeah like i know what bridget i know right i'm, I'm, I'm giving bridget, a good friend i know bridget sponsoring this episode by the way yes yeah, she is she's gonna <laughs> she's give me giving money us both free bridal gifts. yes um me for my yes you <laughs> for your but it's very on trend right now i've seen a lot of brides in like a nude color gown mm -hmm. and then their bridal party is in white so even if you didn't want to do the white thing it still looks really chic and like edgy yeah a different color she also has has a lot of like really beautiful dresses that aren't like that stark white or whatever yeah and she's got some amazing dresses that are like once again i'm like a commercial again um <laughs> to wrap this up that that it's like a she has like a jumpsuit and i'm obsessed with it oh yes. it's like the hottest thing i've ever seen and i'm like you know what for somebody who's already been married that could actually make a lot of sense for me because I, I don't really i already bought the dress you that was dress like thing. the whole most beautiful dress of my life thing Aww. so i know <laughs> i still have it but i don't know what to do with it yeah you know. Well, I don't actually have it. My aunt has it, but you could I, go find a production of Tony and Tina's wedding and play Tina. <gasps> that would be so awesome. Yeah, just do that because I could just do it like my my Jewish mother. Exactly. Yeah, I could just do that voice. My or parents always say that. Um, they don't even like have to see me get married because they saw me get married as Tina. I played it at Showboat Casino in Atlanta. Shut up! You <laughs> yeah. did before I moved out here. I was. <gasps> there the spirit of philadelphia boat i was doing it yeah isn't it funny that I, like i feel like does everybody know what tony and tina's wedding is because i absolutely know what it is thank you for saying that yeah it all uh, if you have not been familiar with that musical that show it also is a movie apparently that mila kunis was in which Shut i did not up. know about i was listening to her on um Dak Shepard's podcast. I think she talked about it on that podcast. Oh, nope. Mark Maron. She was oh. talking with Mark Maron, um, which is a great, not to plug that, but yeah, it's a the, great episode. Yes. You guys should listen to it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she was in the movie. I didn't <gasps> oh know my about God. That. Yeah. I, I've always like, I, I never actually, okay. So I've never actually seen, like I've never gone to Tony and Tina's wedding, but I know exactly what it is. Yes. And I think, and I always just thought it was like an, is it just an East coast thing or is it everywhere? Well, they had asked me to play Tina in Vegas. But that's I, so awesome. Schedule wise, I just like couldn't make it happen, so I, that didn't yeah. work out. Uh, so you play, but you played Tina in Atlantic City, in Atlantic City, and <gasps> yeah, and Philadelphia. That's so cool. It was. It's a lot. Did you have to? So did you have an accent for Tina? I just really like tapped into the Jersey thing. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. my god. So was that super fun? Like, it's my wedding. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> 
<laughs> I actually, I got cast in the show as one of the bridesmaids, Donna, who's just a attention whore. Literally, like, she starts singing. She has sex under the, you know, bridal party <laughs> table at one point during the show with her boyfriend. Uh-huh. And that part was actually more fun to play. I could see that. Comedy-wise. And yeah. just, it was, you could just be so outrageous and just, it was really fun. Tina... Tina, you just had to be more on, and there was yeah, a, it was a lot. It was great, but I had actually more fun playing Donna, the bridesmaid. Oh wow! So how? So you, but you got like, so you played, started off playing Donna, but then you got yeah. like cast in the main role. I got promoted. You, I you guess. must have done such a great job as Donna. So yeah. that's awesome. I just really, I embody the hot mess Jersey girl. Oh my god! <laughs> so did you? Did you like that type of performance? Like even now, do you? Do you like do like theatrical type performances? I love that. Yeah. I'm I'm actually trying to get back to it. Um, theater is has always been my number one. That's mm-hmm. my roots. That's something I did in college. And before moving to L.A., I was doing off-Broadway. And oh, I was, that's awesome. You know, studying at Studio Dante, which was a theater owned by Michael Imperioli. Yeah. And the Sopranos were my acting teachers. It was when the Sopranos, it was like the end of the era of that TV that's show. That's so cool. But it was really cool. And then I moved out to L.A. and I was still acting. I did small TV roles and certain film things here. And yeah. I fell into stand-up. Yeah. As kind of a bucket list thing. I just took a class uh-huh. and was like, I want to take this before I turn 30. Yeah. <laughs> and then just started getting booked on shows and really, really leaned into that. Yeah. And I feel like my focus shifted. Mm-hmm. And then this past summer, I did a show for the Hollywood Fringe Festival called The Do You Remember This? And it was a jukebox musical and it was based on the picture of Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, and Britney Spears in the car. I think car. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to play Britney Spears and Kim Kardashian in Oh, my that God. Show. Was that so fun? Oh, my God. It was the most fun ever. Now, you do this, like, amazing Britney Spears skit in your, in, as, in like, your stand-up. Or, yes. like, in the show, in my, the show you were in, um, Basement Comedy. And it was hysterical. Is that, like, oh. what inspired that when you had to play Britney? Yeah. When I was playing her, I was kind of like... Like, how can I incorporate this? Because with comedy, I think there's certain kind of comics. And I don't know about you, but I get in my head where I'm like, I should just be doing like one, two punch jokes. And, you know, and then I was like, you know what? Fuck that. Like, I'm sorry. Can I curse? Oh, yeah. Of okay. Course. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Same thing you Same, did. Yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of was like, that's not me. And yeah. I'm a physical. I love physical comedy. And when I was doing theater, like the roles I would get would always be very physically just heavy Um, right and I was like why am I trying to not lean into what I'm good at yeah you know I I think and also I think that's normal to kind of get in your head about comedy because it's it's such a hard thing to do I think of all like the performance you know all of the what am I trying to say like performance arts uh, it, it, being a performer, I think, is one thing, but getting up and telling people or having telling jokes and having like the same response from everybody when also comedy is very subjective, I think, makes it like the hardest. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really easy to always constantly reevaluate like what you're doing, oh, and yeah. and that's why it, it, they say it takes comedians so long to find their voice. And I feel like I'm just starting to tap into that. And that's exciting, I think, because it's really fun. It makes it feel like a lot more. A, a lot more natural mm-hmm. and I think that's at, at a point where you where you get not like I know everything about comedy but like at least for, for my own experience it gets you away from like 
telling jokes that you think other people think are funny and telling jokes that you just think are funny and doing things that you transparent. I feel like you can tell if someone's not really coming from their angle. Yes. If that makes sense. Oh, totally. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And I, I've just been, I, I've been trying to recently go with where I'm getting the best response. That's good. You know, and that also, so Perez Hilton came to see, the musical that I did. Oh, that's awesome. Then he asked, So up his alley, too. I, right. <laughs> I mean, it's like his heyday. And we yeah. had someone playing him on stage. He's the narrator of the whole show. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. And so he he said I was very authentic as Britney Spears. And he was like, you need to go on America's Got Talent as her and do all this stuff. So now I'm trying to work comedy and the impression thing and I'm also trying to work on other impressions and try to make them funny and do something because there's so many people out there who can do a Britney impression who can do pop star impressions and so I'm trying to figure out my take on all of it yeah and I think that there is a I think there is an opportunity for that because I don't you don't really see a lot of like stand-up comedians doing like um like Britney Spears and like a lot of like pop stars of our time yeah I mean I haven't other than you I have not seen that you know I think um what a trailblazer I am (laughs) well I mean but that just means there's more opportunity and I'm sure there's somebody somewhere that does it well my boyfriend who's a comic he produces a tv show on comedy central and produces comedy specials he's like a lot of people don't give a fuck about Britney Spears or don't know who she is or whatever and I'm like you need to calm down well you know what people give a fuck if it's funny yeah, exactly and that's it and you know? so I do a bit about her and Melania Trump having a conversation I say that they both can't form sentences <laughs> so it's really funny and the conversation is just in Britney Spears song titles and that's a, yeah I remember it was hilarious it's her giving advice on how to leave Donald <laughs> and it like just works for some reason because her song titles are like oops I did it again womanizer like circus I feel like Sick. Yeah. It's all these things. So it aids itself to that. So yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun for me. And I think if we're having fun yeah. on stage, the audience is having fun. Yeah. You know, we can all get a laugh. And I'll, if it doesn't work, I'll comment on it. But it seems to be working. I mean, I, I've seen you do it. It worked really well. And I also think that Britney Spears is one of those people that you can always put in a space like that because she was a mega superstar enough you know that like she'll always be relevant to some degree you know I had an uncle my uncle Nick Caprio who I always thought should have been a stand-up comic but he was a huge power lawyer in New Jersey but Mm -hmm. the one of the funniest people I've ever encountered seen met a great storyteller and it's sad because now he's he's pretty sick with Parkinson's and I'm sorry to hear that it's it's actually getting better but he before he got really sick I remember he I think we were at like a Christmas party and he was like you are really good at pop star stuff you need to put Britney Spears in a setting that's political and have her giving a speech about something she has no business giving a speech about (laughs) (laughs) and I was like oh and until recently I've you know, I finally been able to like figure that out a little bit. Yeah. You know what? I also, that's really great advice. And I, yeah, it is. And I also think that's the kind of stuff that you see on SNL like is like, is like a fresh take on like making fun of like a pop star and their mannerisms and like taking them out of their lane. Oh yeah. You know, like of what they like, 
what what they know and what they project. And so, yeah, I do think that there is a real opportunity for that, for sure. For sure. Yeah, and I've seen and you do and you do it so well. So I like. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, and I've been trying to. I'm working on a Lady Gaga thing now too. I was just gonna say you have to do <laughs> Lady like, Gaga. Why are you doing that? I was just gonna ask you next. Like, are you doing Lady Gaga? Yeah, I mean, we. The reason I'm like pretty obsessed with her, and it's great timing because the star is born is everywhere and yeah it's out so I'm trying to figure out what's funny because she I did a parody of a million reasons with Gabby Conti this was right when that song came out and it was right before the Super Bowl so it was also good timing and she yeah happened to retweet it and like Elite Daily having to put like all these people like put it and it was a million reasons why 2016 sucked and oh, so because that was good. a tough that was when like the presidential election was it was like yeah everyone died it was like yeah Bowie Prince yeah. that Muhammad was the year. it yeah. was like we got chip readers in our cards like it was just like <laughs> one thing after another yeah like, yeah and so and I like, she retweeted you didn't she, she retweeted yeah. it and so now she's for me a goals guest for my podcast and she's also a Jersey girl like us even though everyone's like she's from New York I'm like she was born in New Jersey she was born in New Jersey <laughs> yeah. and you know what you would know that better than anybody else too <laughs> yeah. now she did she did she grow up in Jersey or did she move to New York later she moved to New York later okay she I think like went to school in the city and she was talking on Colbert about she went to the same high school that Co- Stephen Colbert's wife went to. She just reminds me of an East Coast girl for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she would be sitting on the couch with us drinking red wine and eating meatballs with us. Yes. And um, by the way, oh yeah, I need to tell everybody about that. I walked in and there was like a bowl of meatballs sitting here waiting for me and I was like, are these for me? <laughs> And I definitely like ate half. I ate almost all of them and I ate them cold and they were also even better cold. Oh I my just God, I love a good cold meatball. Oh, me too. Yep. You were like, do you eat meat? I'm like, um, I eat everything, unfortunately. I respect <laughs> that so much about you. Not that I am not hating on like animal rights and all of that stuff, but I, yeah, I you can't, you can't hate on a that good stuff. Steak and same I, I like bacon and yeah, I, I love bacon. I really, uh, okay, wait. Yeah, you will understand this. I was never a tailored ham fan. Okay. Until recently. I, okay. I was like, I don't like ham. And then I tried it and I was like, oh, this is really fucking good. Yeah. Um, But I feel like you can't get that out here. You can't. And you know what else? Taylor, ma- you can't make, get Taylor ham. Is that like uh that specific ham you're saying? Yeah. Or is it pork roll? Pork roll. Pork roll. I was just going to say, you can't get pork roll here. Yes. Pork roll is... The best thing in the world since sliced bread, sliced pork roll is the best. <laughs> it's so good. It's actually a South Jersey thing yeah. because they don't have it everywhere. So like outside of South Jersey, I feel like people don't really know pork roll. But one of my friends, Tommy, who's from Atlantic City, who lives here, he told is me. Is that my boyfriend? Um, <laughs> is he from Atlantic City? He's His whole family like lives right outside there and like works there. He's Shut from North up. Jersey. Really? Yeah, his name's Tommy and he's from. Um, well, different Tommy. Yeah, this is a different Tommy. This Tommy is a writer. Well, he's a writer, too. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I feel like everybody from New Jersey is named Tommy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh Um, but Tommy, uh, my friend Tommy said that you can get pork roll at the Grove at the farmer's market there. I don't know. I haven't explored this yet. I actually went as far. I felt like kind of embarrassed. One of the last times I was there, I took a roll of pork 
roll back with me in my suitcase. And I'm just like, I have like a roll of meat in you here. You have like meat just like sweating yeah. in your Yeah. <laughs> and I felt weird about it, but I did it anyway. Girl, I have no shame. I take blocks of cheese back in my suitcase with me. Oh my God. Who yeah. doesn't love blocks of cheese anyway? Right. My dad, my dad's a CEO of like a specialty cheese. It's called Locatelli Ambriola and it's like Parmigiano Reggiano. Oh my Provolone, God. All of that. I all the best. All, yeah. Yes, please. It's so good. I need more cheese in my life. Can't you tell? <laughs> girl, I mean, now you have me. I can't stop thinking about Cole Sculpting. But you're, but you have an Italian last name, and you have an, and your dad works for an Italian, like a, a, the a cheese company with an Italian name. And like when I associate like Italian and New Jersey, I just think about meatballs and cheese. Like I'm not kidding. Like and the best too, because I I didn't grow up Italian, but I grew up like with Italian friends and like they had the best like most curated like meats and like I mean I feel and everything. like you're Jewish it's like Italian adjacent it is <laughs> it is except the food isn't as good not as good yeah no it's um you guys are better with like budgeting and like certain things <laughs> yeah and make and like making money and stuff I mean, yeah maybe the situation wouldn't be going to jail if he had like a Jewish background exactly <laughs> that's very possible you right? know what and also I always say like I'm gonna gonna be I like you know I lost some money from like going into uh, stand, stand up and like leaving the corporate world and also like getting divorced cost me money but I oh my god I, really yeah oh, I had to pay my ex-husband to leave me I mean you should be proud of that I kind of am you know you're like, paid, you're like just get out yeah I'm like here's some money like get out of here wow <laughs> If I stop being friends with you for like a month, will you pay me? Will I pay you just to get out of here? Just to get out. And be I'll like, here, here's some money. Like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> just leave me alone already. Like, what's your Venmo? Yeah. I mean, you get know out. what? If you have to pay people to leave you, like, I don't That's know. It's a boss move. I think so. You I know. respect that a lot about I mean, you. I can't do it times over, but. And that's also very Italian of you, I feel like. Yeah, right? Like, just um, one phone call. I'll take care of I it. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Well, I feel like I grew, like, at least I grew up with a, in like, that as an influence in the area I grew up in. You, you did. Know? Okay. But yeah, I did. But like, uh. But I always, I oh, actually, I was like fascinated with the mafia when I grew up because I, there was a little bit of it in, in my area. Okay. If you can believe that in South Jersey. I so mean, weird. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, but, but no, I, I do think I've always said that like just because I'm Jewish that I'll always be like, like a little bit rich, you know? So like yes. I'll always be like, or a little bit like good with money because even though I've lost some of it, it's because my dad is Catholic. But my mom is Jewish, so I'm always like, I'll just be always be half rich. At yes, least, you it's know? all your dad's fault. Yeah, it is my dad's <laughs> fault. So any money that I've lost, I blame it on the Catholic side of my family. I'm terrible. I'm Catholic. I'm Catholic. My mom's like Irish. So I'm Italian Irish. Oh wow. So as I'm Irish Catholic on the one side. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you get it. And yeah. I'm terrible with money. So that, really? I just proved your theory. Well, you know, I'm not the best. I'm I'm not the worst, but I'm not the best either, too. So I think they're I just blame that side. I'm good at like being scrappy and figuring things out yeah. and making ends meet. I have no shame and I will pick up a side job like no other. Yeah, I think that's a very East Coast thing. Right. Wouldn't you say? I, I mean, but I also am like East Coast where I feel like I have all those sayings like don't knock the hustle <laughs> or like the cream always rises it's to, to the, the top. top. Yeah. In it to win it. Go big or go home. <laughs> wow, you are. That is good. You're like full of like motivational East Coast sayings, like motivate inspirational East Coast quotes. It's so annoying. No, it's not, though. But I also think that you like being from the East Coast, like I feel like I'm a little bit of a hustler. I've always felt like I was a hustler and like I worked two jobs 
when I was in high school. Like I like figured out like weird ways to make money. And I do think that's like an East Coast thing. It's maybe it's like a part of the mentality or something. It is. I'm trying to adapt a new mentality though where like you're have abundance. I'm trying to work smarter, not harder, if that makes sense. That makes sense. Because I feel like like what you were just talking about I'll just be hustling and have like no free time not taking care of myself as best I can yeah and it's like wait a second it's 2018 like there's a better way to do all of this yeah a more efficient way to do all of this and just a better way to make more money so yeah. I think that's something that yeah especially as a comedian like I love what you're doing where you're doing like corporate comedy yeah that pays more yeah I teach fitness classes also mm-hmm. and corporate fitness gigs and I get like choreography gigs I just choreograph there's this there's a bunch of law firms in Southern California that are doing this whole lip sync battle video challenge thing wow and so I got hired to choreograph these dances that's amazing for these law firms and they hired Jay Diaz who's an amazing director cinematographer so yeah he's filming all of it and we the cool thing about it is worked together on this Yahoo comedy series called the flip side years ago okay so and you guys so already had a working relationship. We had a working relationship. So it's been really fun because we, and they just released it. There's like 40,000 views already on this like law firms video. <laughs> like it's very wow. random. That's amazing yeah. though. But that's like, that's like really cool work. And it does remind me a little bit of like the corporate comedy stuff yeah. that I'm doing because it's like, there's, you know, like that could be very lucrative. Totally. It like leverages your skill sets, you know, so 100%. you're still doing your job. And then you also have like something that comes out of that, that you can say, I helped create this, you know, totally. How do you, how does one find this kind of, well, that's what I'm trying to figure out now because I keep getting asked to do more. It's more like word of mouth stuff. Yeah. And so now they've booked me on like, I'm hosting a big show for them that they're doing. I'm I'm, Oh, that's like, it's leading to more and more work, but it's also been scary because they'll be like, well, what's your rate? And I'm like, I don't, cause you're, well, you're sort of making up a marketplace. Kind of. Yeah. And like, I've gotten hired by like, I've choreographed stuff for certain music videos and for nerds and whatnot but like never for like something like this and it was a good lesson in asking for more that's good the uh, a close friend who brought me on to the whole project when I gave her my rate she was like go hire that's good <laughs> that's like, really good oh yeah you know so I feel like sometimes you just have to ask for that's, more yeah that's a that's a problem that um us that women have I think too mm-hmm. and I like you reference like lean in a lot and like I learned that in the book and I when I read uh Sheryl Sandberg's book that like I it, luckily I don't think it's a problem I think I've I mean I've had it from time to time but like asking for more and like knowing your worth and like nego- being like better at negotiating yeah and I really feel like when you create your own like market it can be really scary because you're sort of you don't know like what your worth is because it's not like a set rate for totally. Yeah. And, but, but that's also how you can figure out that you can charge whatever you want. If you can dictate that too. Oh, it's great. You know, do you like my like head moves when I said, I'm like, you can charge whatever you want. I feel, yeah. <laughs> that was so like Bethany Frankel. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's very like entrepreneurial, like to do something like that. And so it's good that, and so like, and I think eventually, and I, you always hear people say like, how did you get into that? And you're like, well, I just sort of fell into it. Yeah. So hopefully like you can continue to cultivate that. So it's like what you're 
doing like full time in addition to like enter you know straight entertainment and like not and also I think there's something really empowering about like being able to like create your own path and create your own rates because you're not it's not like oh SAG doesn't make this much and like blah 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 blah." you know you're like no this is a different marketplace well I at first was like well I'm only like with them for an hour but on my own I'm spending hours choreographing I'm picking out music I'm cutting together music and yeah also like you're learning to deal with different like comedy always comes into it like it's you have to keep things lighthearted. you have to make jokes about stuff if certain things don't work it's like it all kind of weaves together. Yeah. And the timing, like yeah. knowing and like the be- the beauty of, of knowing of having good timing is like is a very is like that. I think comedy really comes into play when I, when you talk about like timing. Oh, for sure. And being aware. This is something that I think comedy has helped with in everyday life. Kind of knowing the room, like reading the room. Yeah. Like there are certain people you encounter everyday life where you're like, oh, they're not ready for this joke or this jelly or whatever. Yeah. And I feel like it's really helped with just like, okay, we're going to go a different angle now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It, it does. I think it really does help because I mean, it's almost like, like in a way I've, cause I come from like a sales background. I always think like being a good comedian is also like being a good salesperson. Like they're very similar yeah. because it allows you to like, you know, like know your audience, like read the room and like also be able to like chameleon into like different roles uh-huh. so that you can like get the outcome that you want. And it sounds like you kind of are like, that's like something comedy has like taught you is like, oh, yeah. cause you're, cause you all, if like if you always go into something where you're like, what is the outcome that I want? And then you can like re read your audience and you like, know, then you know how to be effective to get that outcome. Oh, I, I feel like I need to like write that down. Well, Everyone just- pause, <laughs> write that down, <laughs> rewind. I, by the way, I like, don't even know what I just said. No, I'm like, I need to think about the outcome before I go into it. Well, you know what? Just re-listen to the, the good news is we have this on report. We're on a, on a recording here. The good news is this is a podcast yes. that you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is weird, though, because I think there's a double-edged sword. Recently, I was out with friends that were comedians, and I felt like this one friend was just talking in one-liners to the point where I was, like, exhausted to like, be around them because it was just, like, you're not being genuine. And I think it might be more of, like, a nervous tick or something, you know? Yeah. But it's, like, also, like, turn off at a certain point. Yeah, I I I struggle with hanging out with comedians. Mm-hmm. I would say sometimes in in large groups because there are always the ones that it's like a pissing contest. Oh, yeah. And it's like, okay, you know, like I I already think it's annoying when people try to hang out with you in the outside world and they they know you're a comedian and they're not and mm-hmm. they do weird awkward things you know <laughs> so like I feel like you don't need it when you're hanging out with somebody that that gets that but I, I do think that some comedians are just really weird people like oh totally. I mean I know I'm weird in my own way but I really value like connecting with people and I think that's a big part of why I am a comedian because mm-hmm. I like like that deeper connection so like when I just meet cool people that I like whether they're a comedian or not I feel like it's it, if it's cool if if like we can connect and that usually is talking about comedy, but it's not being a comedian to each other. Cause it's like, I don't need your validation that I'm funny. You know, well, that's the thing. I feel like I listen. Okay. To Jacqueline. A lot. <laughs> I'm like, you're funny. You're funny. You're make it stop. Make yeah. It Two stop. girls from Jersey yelling at each other. I know. Be funny. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're funny. Yeah. God. We're both funny. Yeah. Um, I find like I love um, Mark Maron's podcast. I know I just talked about it. Um, I listen to Joe Rogan a lot. I, I listen I to 
a lot of different comedians podcasts and I find that when they uh, on a Ferris I listen to her oh she's really funny That's I a like good her. one yeah but mostly the comedians that are on are like the most serious episodes on it and the most real I just listened if anyone's ever dealt with eating disorders or like body dysmorphia problems you need to listen to the latest episode of Joe Rogan with Nikki Glaser oh Nikki was just voted off she was the first one voted off of dancing with the stars and I felt really bad for her she definitely was very injured before she went on yeah and she got through the whole dance and I feel like they judged her so harshly yeah because she I think I don't know. I have a theory on it. Why do you think? She's got such a hot body and she looks like she should be a great dancer. Right. And she's a comedian. So they're like, she's a performer. So they just think that she should naturally be good at this. Yeah. And she's like, I've never danced before in my entire life. This is the most terrifying thing I've ever done. Yeah. And it also, it's also like a popularity contest. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. And like she wasn't that great, but she still got through it. Yeah. And you know what? Kudos to her for trying because I would be like fucking terrified to do that because I'm a terrible dancer. So if you've not, so she's like, if you're, if you've never danced before, yeah. like I feel like for you, it would be different because you would probably crush it because you have so much rhythm and you're a choreographer and you host, like, <laughs> and you are already like host, um, like, what is it? Pie? Plyo Jam. Plyo Jam. Plyo yeah, Jam. I I, Plyo Jam, so, which is like part dance. Yeah, it's plyometrics mixed with dancing. Yeah. And so like, but like I have like two off feet, so I would, I can't, you know what I mean? So yeah. I kind of get that a little bit, but I do think like going back to like the eating disorder thing, like I, um, I do think that comedian or not the eating disorder thing. I did. I just learned. I didn't know how bad her eating disorder was until one of her posts from the other day about how yeah. like sad she was when she was in college. Mm-hmm. And um, have you ever I've dealt with all that and we can even talk about that. I don't know. Um, eating disorders. All that stuff. I like definitely like related to all of that. And I I feel like I don't I've never had. I don't know that I've ever had an eating disorder, but I've never had, but I've, I've always had body ish body. Like even to this day, like I am really self-conscious, like when I wear a bathing suit and I think it's Mm -hmm. just something that maybe you just start to own at a certain point or whatever. But, but I, I do, I, I do think that it's like on the spectrum of having an eating disorder because it's also because it's really about how you feel about yourself. But I can't speak to it as much as like someone who's actually gone through it. Yeah. Now, did you like what what was your experience with it? Well, mine definitely I've always had issues with like comparing myself and like wanting to be like perfect. Yeah, and I think that comes from dancing a lot. Yeah, um, mine definitely started when I started getting hips and boobs and everything. And I was on dance competition teams when I was younger. Oh yeah. Um, and I've also, I definitely went through like a phase where like, yes, I was very, very thin. This was before the eating disorder or whatever. Uh-huh. And I looked like a dancer. Um, but then when I started getting hips and all that and like stomach fat, um, I remember a friend's mom made a comment. We were at a dance competition and she made a comment about how I looked like I had gained weight. And that just like stuck with me. And then I remember my mom after rehearsal one day had a chicken pot pie waiting for me at home. Mm -hmm. I ate the whole thing, scarfed it down. And then I saw how many calories were on the box and literally had like a fucking meltdown. Oh, wow. That was kind of the start of it. So it, so bulimia. 
Yeah. Yeah. And because I love food. I love yeah. stuff. So yeah, I, I didn't, I wasn't like hospitalized like Nikki or anything, but I definitely had to like go into therapy and work through all that stuff. And it's always been a struggle. Yeah. You know, and it, it just sucks. And I've, I'm trying to write a bit about this to make it funny, but like, I feel like everyone has their Achilles heel. Everyone has something that like people always make fun of. Yeah. You know, like even in a star is born, Lady Gaga's character talks about how people always called her ugly and like how she had a big nose and all this stuff. For me, I've always gotten comments about my weight. Like even recently I had a friend tell me a mutual guy friend said that I walk around like I'm 10 pounds thinner than I actually am. That is the most fucked up thing. (laughs) I would, I would fucking punch that guy in the face, by the way. I I know. that's awful. I we were friends. Oh my god, that's like the meanest thing anyone could say. Like, what is—is is this guy like a model? <laughs> I like want to beat him up it's for very you. Attractive. Um, but no, Still. he's like a Boston kid. Um, but I'm trying to find the funny in it, and that it like comes back to comedy where I'm like, yes, this all like brutally hurts, and like, yes, I even I was on the dance team at, at University of Rhode Island. I was a remet. It was in the basketball stadium. So they had just built this huge new stadium because Lamar Odom was there before me. Oh, wow. And so basketball like was a big thing. We like went into, I don't even know the name of it. What's the March Madness? Like we went into whatever that whole tournament yeah, was. Yeah, it's called March Madness. March Madness, yeah. yeah. So like I was like, we were on TV. I was like on the cover of the newspaper. Oh my God, that's awesome. And a bunch of the girls from my sorority and I were like in a limo heading to a nightclub in Boston one night. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting next to this guy who is, I think, one of the biggest like Turkish drug dealers on campus. <laughs> Turkish <laughs> where the fuck did you go to school <laughs> Rhode Island, Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah Rhode Island Jersey and drug dealers yeah. yeah 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 and uh at the time I was bleach blonde so he was like you look familiar you look familiar and I was just on the cover of the newspaper and he was like oh you're the fat ramette <gasps> and he called me the fat dancer on the team and that, like I've just always been put into situations where you should be like super tight and super thin and I'm not saying I'm that right now no but I'm not also stick thin and you know like I have curves I have a little meat on my bones but you know what I feel like the things people say like especially like that person's mom yeah it's like the shit that people say that that could that really can fuck you up oh my god isn't that crazy like it's just like it's like it could just be like a paragraph of sentences that you've heard throughout your life that have completely been become your Achilles heel like you like you describe and they have no idea no idea I'm sure I've fucked people up mentally I'm sure I've definitely had my moments and don't even realize it I'm not I'm not shaking my head and and like because I'm like yes you have I I know that you have no I'm like I'm I'm agreeing with you so no not that anybody could see my um my unison like like, I wasn't saying that about Jacqueline I was just saying that we all have and I think it just like it like not that this is like an episode of Mr. Rogers or anything but it's just a reminder to like be kind because everybody is fighting an uphill battle like I love that saying you know totally but it's hard with what we do because in comedy, we're just talking about honest things and we're also observational sometimes and yeah. making fun of people. Like, I find it really hard when I'm watching people's like Instagram stories and like they're filming someone who's doing something really weird or wearing something so yeah. funny. And it's like, well, is that funny or is it like fucked up or uh, what's the difference? <laughs> There's a line and probably. In this right now, it's like, <laughs> you know what? I always go for, I always say if it's funny. 
and you're not making the person feel bad, then it's not fucked up. Yeah. Even if it is kind of fucked up. It's, it's they're a- laughing with you. It's okay. Yeah. Or if they don't know about it, because <laughs> then, because <laughs> then they can't feel bad. You know? I know, like I wish my friend would have just kept it to herself that he said I walked around like I'm 10 pounds thinner than actually. I think that's <laughs> such a fucked up thing to say. And for somebody to say that as an adult, like now, <laughs> it's like, it's like why it's like, that's a, that's a mean thing to say though. And honestly, like, you are skinny and you are like who you are and like your body it looks great and I think that you're built a certain way and you just own it you know yeah. and like it is what it is and you but it's also like a self-confidence thing that I just don't think I feel like parenting now I've seen a lot of these really great things and for some reason I I follow um this blog or no not this blog this Instagram it's called mommy pants I think oh, and cool. she um I, I mean I'm, I have I'm single and I have no children so it could also be kind of creepy but <laughs> that I follow this like mom of two children but she's got like a lot of followers but I love the things that she posts about about just like women and like body issues and she like posted this whole like wonderful thing about and I like even wrote her a note about like how much I love her about her daughter and she was just like I never tell my daughter that she's pretty and, you know, and I because I like my mom always did. And I always wonder how much time I wasted caring about that. Yeah. So she's like, I so fine. So she's like, but I, but she looked so beautiful the other night that I was just like, you know what? I, I'm allowed to tell her like sometimes. So the gist of it was so she said, you know, you look so pretty and or you look so beautiful. And she said, Mom, I don't like my mom, like everyone's beautiful, like, duh, like whatever. And she's like, and here I am, like thinking I need to tell my daughter she's beautiful when she doesn't even need to hear it. And I'm like, your daughter's Five. And she's got so much of the world already figured out because of how you're parenting. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, it's a new way of parenting, but it's it's about like I know if I ever have a daughter, like I that's how I'm going to be. I'm going to make sure that it's never about looks because I just feel like we've wasted so much of our time. Oh, my care. God. And I still we still do. Oh, you I know? care. I, I could go down a two hour deep dive on an Instagram makeup artist hole. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I lose a whole day on that shit. But you know what? <laughs> I, and I, you know what it is, though? It's because also the industry that we're in is very vain. It's yeah. eight. There's ageism. And that's that still so much exists like that we are cast in certain things because of how we look or like that's important, you know? And, yeah, and even as comedians, I, I think it's like important to be the ones that at least like we don't have to if worry about it as much as like, you know, other people because we're the people that are also able to make fun of it and to decode I mean, it. The sad thing is I feel like when I'm having like a terrible day and I look like shit and I've been running around is when I do the best on stage. I, know, I actually <laughs> feel the same exact way. Yeah. Um, and also my videos always of those, like when I get footage always look like shit. Cause I'm like, oh. I didn't even do anything with my hair. It's yeah. like up in a top knot, mm-hmm. you know, I wore like a, a lousy shirt or something. My mom was very like Jersey mom though, where maintenance was always a big deal. Like everything had really to be manicured. You, you need to look presentable. Like we need to go shopping for our Christmas Eve outfit, like months in advance. Like wow. that was always stressed. That's that's very interesting. That is a Jersey mom thing, yeah. isn't it? Oh, I like wanted like that was the extent of it, though. Like I wanted her to be like a hardcore stage mom. And she would like wasn't like that. She wasn't like about that life. But when it came to like appearance, everything had to be polished. And, like, that's probably good, though, now that she wasn't about that life. Because would yeah. you have because stage? No, I feel be like cray. I'd be Jennifer Lawrence by now if she was. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, I'm like actually very angry. Oh, <laughs> I'm very mad. I'm like, yeah, um, I'm like, OK, so. 
So I see how you could turn it and go in the other direction with that. Like, mom, if you were just harder on me with all the shit I already had to go through. No, it's all my fault. But you know what? I, um, but so we didn't talk about your podcast at all. So I want to talk about that a little bit. So what inspired you to start the podcast? What's your jersey? I I love the name of it because obviously I'm like, damn it. I wish I thought of that. Well, you can be on whenever you want. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, you are so good. I'm so excited oh, for your episode you. to come out. That yeah. was so fun. Yeah. So you, it's cool how you make it into sort of like a sports-esque podcast, but you, you go like, obviously mine is kind of the same thing where you go in like lots of different directions with things. Yeah. Well, I had become like a reoccurring kind of co-host on a podcast called Mostly Sports mostly sports so I did that for about a year and then I had certain other friends who had like I was on Rachel O'Brien's podcast a lot okay um then Stassi from Vanderpump Rules had me on a few times and I feel like I just was kind of like well I need to kind of find my voice yeah and to be honest I was driving home from my boyfriend's one day and something just clicked in my head because he's a producer he has a producer brain yeah when we first started dating he was kind of like what's your goal what's your like just kept asking what 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 yeah and then I was driving home and he was from Jersey he is from Jersey (laughs) and all of a sudden like the what's turned into what's your Jersey oh wow and I was just like well this makes sense because I'm from Jersey so it's kind of a play on words where are you from and how you got to where you are yeah and then he's always like you know just enough about sports like you really don't know what you're talking about but you know (laughs) just enough so I started doing a segment just either comparing sports to a reality show storyline or just something yeah. so people that don't know anything could be like oh I that's what that means yeah you know and that's been really fun for me and I've had girls write in being like I get to talk about sports kind of with my boyfriend this week and that's know. really cool so that's been cool and it's also helped girls who are single out just talk sports on a date yeah you know? and so it's been fun. That's really cool. No, and you know what? I think that that sound. It also sounds like I'm like still stuck on your like your boyfriend as a produ- producer brain because yeah. I feel like he helped you come up with that. And also like that's also probably really good for you just in general. I have to imagine because yeah. his brain just works differently and probably in a way that is beneficial to you because it, it forces you to maybe think about things on a different way like spin things on its head a little bit oh definitely I feel like I've just been like a shit storm of like well I'm a dancer no I'm an actress well I like stand up well like ugh. So it's just because my parents are always like just throw enough shit on the wall something's gonna stick and I don't think that's exactly how again that's working smarter not harder yeah 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 well I think that I think that's really normal too because I think that it's easy to like be like I am all these things I can be all these things and you really have to like pare it down to the things that you're good at and that you enjoy the most and it's and just like not be everything to everybody and it sounds like that that's like really where you've gone in your career thus far for me especially this year like 2018 has been a big year of trimming the fat and just kind of trying to get more focused and zero in and get back to my roots like I'm getting back into acting class I've also I had to get away from certain people and stop hanging out you know, all the time at comedy clubs and kind of take care of myself more and take more time. Cause I'm a go, go, goer. Like yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. To be out. I love to get happy hour with my girlfriends. Yeah. Like, I am. I love that. And I've had to push the brakes and force myself to stay at home and write and do 
things for me. Yeah. And like just kind of be comfortable in that space. Yeah. Which, yeah. I was like the queen of FOMO. I am. I, <laughs> I feel like I used to be the same exact way. And I feel like I kind of went through the same thing in 2018. I, I think... That's a really good. Um, that's a really good title for this episode. Trim the fat. Trim the fat. <laughs> because, yeah. Wow. I mean, on so many levels. Because we're in the fourth quarter. Yeah. We're in the last. We're in the last stages of this year. Yes. And we're sort of talking about like how 2018 was. And I think I did the same thing. Like I, I very much think it's like about like I became a lot more like comfortable at home. Like uh, spent more time like becoming organized. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more like introspection on like what I want the next year to look like. And I feel like I I don't know that I've done that in years past where I've like sat down and been like that intentional and I've like set intentions for like the upcoming year and I've also completely cut out like all the bad stuff Mm -hmm. and I've decided that hanging out at comedy clubs is important yeah but it's not the but it's not going to make or break your career so if you decide you don't want to go one night it's fine you know there's always another night exactly and all the same people will be there you know doing the same things definitely that's good advice for people that have FOMO yeah exactly <laughs> and also like when you're performing there it's a lot cooler to yeah you know I, yeah I hate being a groupie at certain points you yeah know? I mean it's important to hang out but it's also or like go and support your friends and like whatever but I also think it's like there's some people that live at the comedy clubs and I'm just like okay I mean I'd rather let people miss you a little bit yeah exactly. <laughs> create more mystery yeah for yourself you know? yeah exactly let people miss you more let them be more excited to see you versus like so-and-so is always, always here. here like and you know who those people are too that are always there that. You're like, if I have to myself. ask them a question, you know where you could just go in the next, like three hours from now, you know where you can find them. You can just ask them that question. You I know? think we should produce a comedy show with sports things. I've been trying to figure out, I want to do a live podcast with What's Your Jersey. Oh. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to like incorporate all of that. Yeah. We can talk later about it. That would be fun. I yeah. Think you and I, and we touched on this with mine. I feel like we should be talking more sports. Um, I, it is hard to do sports and comedy like it's yeah the jokes I mean there's a reason why there's athletes and comedians yes <laughs> yes um although I thought LeBron James was the best part of train wreck I thought he was very funny oh my it. god he was really funny in that yeah. I actually just recently rewatched that because that's a good one it's a good one I like a lot of people hate on it I like it I, I th- like I feel pretty I, I liked I feel pretty too because <laughs> yeah. you know what when you talk about body issues it really hit it really hits the nail on the head is that is that a I, I'm really bad at I say yeah. I say sayings wrong a lot so I don't know if that was <laughs> hang right. out with me more yeah <laughs> I'll yeah. get ya uh, yeah you you had a couple good ones earlier um, but no I I I do like sports jokes I think that there's like I actually just recently like tried out for something and I got to tell all my sports jokes and I'm like see they're good fuck yeah yeah and I have an Eli Manning face joke wait and I like, want to hear it oh, oh wait, my god I I know it was really more of a Ben McAdoo joke remember the coach uh, from last year I think I said like awful mullet yeah I said something like he the guy who looks like he's like a club owner from 1987 and then I said uh ever since like since he's been fired he I'm trying to remember it now on the spot since he's been fired he's now a sommelier at the Red Lobster because that's what he looks like and then I'm like in the, the number one most excited person about this was Eli Manning the Giants quarterback and this is Eli's excited face and I was just and I was like or something like something like that you know because he looks looks just like like eli guys because he looks like he's part you know i know you're not allowed to say retarded but you're not 
And I used to have this amazing joke about when his brother won the Super Bowl, but it's it was too topical for the time okay. because it was a couple years ago now, but it was working really well for the time that it worked. I'm really sad I missed that joke. I married it with, uh, they did a segment about Super Bowl babies uh, at halftime of that particular Super Bowl, and Super Bowl babies are babies that were conceived after the Super Bowl was won. Oh my God. So they're obviously like... And then I made a joke about like, because there also obviously there was like alcohol involved, you know, a lot of one night stands. These parents must be. <laughs> and then I made a comment about Eli's face when Peyton won and like said like he was a Super Bowl. I don't remember what the joke was. Yeah, but no, was that like, makes sense that Eli would be a Super Bowl. But baby. it was it worked so well, like everybody got it, men and women. And I fi- was like, I have my sports joke like <sighs> and I could do it on stage. You talk about how hard it is to mix comedy and sports. But yeah. then it was it got too far away from the Super Bowl and then it just stopped. Wor- you know, you just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. It's like if you're doing something super recent and relevant to like, you know, what is it? Not evergreen or evergreen or whatever the term is. I don't yeah. Know. I, I know the song Evergreen is in the original Star is Born with Barbara Streisand. Wow, that is very. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and a star, another star was just born right now. Jacqueline Marfuji, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> now, usually um, I like to wrap up the podcast with a baller story. Ooh. So a baller story can be anything. It can be sports related. It could just be like a time when like something like it. it like if you. Um, met Lady Gaga and like that would be a baller story kind of a thing you know what I mean they say something they say everything happens in threes Mm -hmm. and I've now I've been in the same Rise Nation class with Lady Gaga which is a fitness class to the point where I was on my machine and she was in the class in the class and this was before I was uber obsessed (gasps) so you've seen her I've seen her now twice so I was at Rise Nation and I noticed this chick in the front she's just wearing like a cute black sports bra black pants and she's in good shape she's in really good shape I bet right and she was just living her best life like I was like wow she's like really it feeling it and was just in her own zone and then I like looked at and she has a very distinct tattoo on her like side uh-huh and I was like no way it's Lady Gaga. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then she, all her friends were placed by me. So after she, like, came over and I, she was just, like, cool. And, like, you wouldn't. So you met her or no? I didn't meet her, yeah. no. So she went, I didn't say anything. Yeah. I left. And then probably a few months later, I was jogging. I was on a jog on Sunset. And I noticed, this was right before, I think, the Oscars. I noticed right where the Tower Records parking lot is, that there was a stage set up and there was all these people crowding around on sunset. Sunset was closed down. And I was like, well, that's weird. But I kept going. Mm-hmm. And police officers at like two street corners down were like, hey, you're going to want to go back to that. And I was like, why? And they were like, Elton John's about to give a live concert for free. Oh, my God. And they were like, just go. And so I went and I was standing. I was pretty close, but there was a barrier like right in front of me. And all of a sudden, Elton's performing. The concert starts. And I'm just by myself, like, in my gym clothes, <laughs> sweaty. I'm you texting. You were just walking by. I literally was just I'm texting my friends to be like, hey, if you're by here, so cool. come. And all of a sudden, this big security guard walked right in front of me. And this blonde, I thought it could have been, like, Debbie Harry, but she had a hat oh, on. I would have dived, too. Slow death. Happy. Deb, I've met Debbie Harry before. Oh my too. god, yeah, that's so at the cool! The Lincrofton in New Jersey. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that know. is so random. Her sister owned it, and I worked there oh for my a gosh. summer. Um, 
And all of a sudden, literally, it was cool to watch because the security guard, then this tiny little blonde walked through. You couldn't see her face and another security guard behind her. And she was just right there. And they walked her right through the crowd and she went right on stage with Elton and it was Lady Gaga. <gasps> so I was, I've been so close to her two times. Oh so the God. third time I'm actually going to say That's hi. your baller story. Yes. Now we're manifesting that shit for we're you right now. It. Yes. You and will- she retweeted me. So I guess that's kind of a three, but no. I, no, time. no. The third one is you get to meet her and work with her somehow. How about that? Her. Well, I feel like she hasn't conquered stand up yet and that's like the one art form she hasn't done so I could actually help her with her stand up yeah if she it, ever wants you to could do or like you could do something with like uh choreographing that could like lead to her or something who something. knows but I think that that's what you should say I think that you should say that when you meet her it's because you're not just meeting her you're working with her exactly I'm working because I feel like you like I feel like it's like more than just a meet and goodbye it's like a relationship building we're thing. meant to do something you together. are you really are and whether was, it's opening a meatball restaurant <laughs> in jersey it's not a bad idea no or being in a movie together i that would be ideal that would be my number one yeah that to would be working on a movie with her. i mean that would be fucking awesome and also i was just gonna say too like for people when like sometimes la can be like a hard place to live for as sunny as it is it can be a dark place to mm. live but i think that's one of the cool the coolest things about it is you could just be like t- going for a jog and you're like oh I just ran into an Elton John concert yeah, totally. so so like because I'm always like looking for the positives you know um I like that yeah. yeah it's survival of the fittest out here it really is cut to trim the fat yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it is actually that was a really good way to end the podcast thank you so much for being my Yay. guest and for having me on yours totally. and then thank we'll have you. to figure out how to marry the two together at some point for yeah. some for some live cool stuff at one of the clubs I would love that let yes. us know guys yeah and where so where can we find you and remember this isn't airing for two weeks so shows oh, yeah. tonight tomorrow god damn it unfortunately uh, um well yeah you can just find i post all my show dates on my website mm-hmm. which is my name jacqueline or on all the social media which is at jacqueline marfuji i'll spell it because i got yelled at for not spelling it out um j-a-c-l-y-n-m-a-r-f-u-g-g-i <laughs> F-U-G-G-I It's my favorite part <laughs> um, So yeah I post on You know Twitter Instagram Facebook And I answer DMs And all that stuff too So yeah Reach out Say hi Yeah Well so follow Jacqueline um, Listen to Her her segment That I'm on And all her future segments yeah. And of uh, uh, What's your jersey And thanks again For being on the podcast Thank you so much You're I had welcome. so much fun I know it was so fun <laughs> Bye Bye